Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. But I want to start my reading off at Matthew chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, get your pens, your papers, your notepad, take some notes. Uh, Matthew chapter 4, we're going to start our reading here. And I just want to bring this out. You know, we talked about uh, um, um, being able to share who you are with others. And it says this, I want to read this here. It says, in Matthew chapter uh, 4, verse 19. Let me get there. I'm actually off. Okay, here we go. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19 says this. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. This is an amazing thing. I believe that God is still making fishermen today, that he has not stopped that process. That if you have accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you are now a fisherman, which is an amazing thing. Now, that's going to look different for everybody. Everybody's a different type of fisherman. We learned last or on Wednesday that there's different types of bait, and each person is a different type of bait. I've talked about how my grandpa took me out fishing and taught me that not all fish like the same bait. Now, I understand that not everybody's going to like my style, and that's okay because I know that God has a plan and purpose for what I'm doing to reach certain people just as you. You can reach people at your jobs, within your neighborhoods, your friends and family, the way that you, and I'm not saying you need to go out and stand on the corners with your Bible and just bring everybody down. No, you can do it through a love, loving handshake, a hug. And don't do it right now. You can just do a little uh, elbow bump or something. But sharing your love with somebody else, it's an amazing thing. I will make you fishers of men. Now, uh, I believe that sometimes Christians shy away from sharing their faith. Now, when I say faith, I don't mean uh, uh, just as uh, which faith do you be- do, uh, belong to, whether you're Episcopalian or, or Catholic. Or this. I'm talking about your belief system in God, your relationship with the Father, showing them how much He has changed your life. Now, this is, I believe that there's two reasons why people shy away from doing that. And the first one is this. I believe that they, don't, they feel they don't have enough accurate information on the Bible to be able to share their relationship with God with somebody else. The second one is this. Uh, they, do not deal, they, they are still dealing with things in their own life, and so that makes them shy away from sharing the gospel. They feel like, I'm not worthy because I still have issues in my life. I'm still going through something. I still have struggles. Yes, I've given my life to the Lord, but I still have struggles within my heart, and it makes it me feel unworthy to share the gospel with somebody else or, or talk about his goodness because I still have things that I'm dealing with. Now, this is, this is where the lie is. Understand that people will not follow your God based on how much Bible you know, how much you memorize, how much of the Bible that you've read. They will follow you, not based on all the accolades that you have, They will connect with you because of your relationship and how God has changed your life from where you were to where you are now. They want to see something tangible. And it's not just that you've memorized scriptures or that you've read the whole Bible. They want something real and tangible. and They want to see it in your life. So you don't have to go and try to say, oh, well, I need to know all the Bible from Genesis to Revelations. You don't need to know all that. Just know this. 
John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting. That's it. If you can understand that scripture and know it with every fiber of your being, that's more anointed than if you just memorized all this stuff in your head but had nothing in your heart. If you can just share that, that's more than what you would need. Now here's the thing, is that we struggle with things in our lives. And you know me, I like to have uh, illustrations so I brought this illustration today that I want to share, and I have a helper that is going to help me today. I believe Taj is around somewhere. I don't know where he went. Um, all right, well, I'm going to go ahead and do it since he was supposed to be here. Uh, this represents our life, this, this clear water. And sometimes, you know, we look at this water and we think, you know what? I haven't been that clean for a while. <laughs> this, is, this represents me. Here comes Taj. Come on in. This water represents, and sometimes, you know, we're not this clean. We, we have things going on in our lives. We have hurts and we have pains. And go ahead and drop some of these. These represent, go ahead and drop some. These represent our struggles, our, our insecurities. And they cloud our, our now our, our, they pollute who we are. They're the fears that are going on, our, our addictions. These are um, different things, whether it's a bad relationship. Go ahead and drop a few more in there. And then what that does, enough of them will start to pollute now who we are, and it begins to change our atmosphere, change our mindset on how we see things. And now look at this, we're not, we're not so clean anymore. And now we feel like, I can't share the gospel anymore. I can't share because look at my life. I, 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 I've, I'm so dirty now. There's no way that I can be used. Now we have God, we've, we've come to Jesus and we said, you know what? God, I, I confess my sins I ask you to come into my heart and make me white as snow. And what happens is God comes in and he begins to radically change our lives from that dirty thing that we thought we were. Scripture says that I'll make you white as snow. I'll take your sins as cast them as far as the east is from the west. And not just for those, but for us, for me. I need to know that no matter what, even if I look at but still, look at, I still have some stuff in there that I need to get out of my life. It's, 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 there's still some insecurities, there's still some uh, uh, struggles that I have, and I need to scoop them out through the Word of God. The Scripture says to renew your mind daily. I love the Scripture says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal. The important part is, let this mind. See, I want to be able to share the love of God, but I have to allow God to speak through my mind that I'm not a loser. I'm not a, a broken person. That I'm not a sinner. Yes, I make mistakes, but I'm not that anymore. And so when things start trying to come back in, they just can't anymore because now I have the, the very nature of who God is on the inside of me. And then when those insecurities, go ahead and drop some of those in there. When insecurities try to come, come look at it. It, it can't stay. They literally just dissolve because of the power of God in my life. They no longer take place. They can't take hold of who I am. Look, it just begins to dissolve because God's nature is living on the inside of me. And this is what he does for each and every one of us. Isn't that so awesome? Go ahead and dump them all in there. Just, just toss them in there. Yeah. They can't live in who we are. Thanks, bud. Love you. Good job, Taj. Understand that God's love is so strong. And it's not just for me. I can't hold it back. I need to be a fisherman like what he's called us to be. Amen. I, I love the interaction that we see Jesus with people in the Bible. I, I love it. Why? Because I believe that he connected with people before he connected people. Understand that, yes, people are going to applaud your faith. 
and, and, and be in awe of all the things that you stand in God for, but understand that people will connect through your brokenness. Don't shy away from your struggles. Don't shy away from your testimony. Nobody else has your testimony. Only you can speak to what God has done in your life. Don't shy away from what God has done for you. Turn with me to the book of Luke. I want to talk about these interactions that I believe are amazing, two of my favorites. And it starts in the book of Luke, chapter 19. I believe you guys got your Bibles with you. Turn to Luke, chapter 19. Now, I didn't bring up the main verse, but I want to start here in verse 9. Luke, chapter 19, verse 9, it says this. Today, salvation has come to your house. Because he is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and save that which is lost. So what is this talking about? This is an interaction that Jesus has with a man named Zacchaeus. Now, if we were to read it at verse 1, it talks about Zacchaeus being a chief tax collector at that time. So living in the first century Jewish world, this was a Jewish man who was working for Rome and taking money from the Jewish people to give to Rome. So he was very despised, looked down upon, hated by his people. So Zacchaeus wasn't a great man. He would, he would steal from people to line his own pockets. All of this, he was a crook, he was a thief, he would steal from people, like I said. So when the Jewish people see this man, they, they, they would spit at the ground. They, would, they didn't want anything to do with him. And Jesus says, it says this, and we're going to read out in verse 1. I'm going to go back. It's not on the, the, the bottom heart here, but I'm just going to read it. It says, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was the chief tax collector and was very rich. So it means that he took money, lined his own pockets from the people, and he sought to see who Jesus was. But he could not because the crowd, and he was so short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree. So he would see as he went by. And Jesus came to the place where, and he looked up and saw him. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I will stay at your house. This is beautiful and very weird at the same time. So Jesus, being um, uh, uh, the Messiah wrapped in flesh, comes and sees this man who is a sinner in people's eyes. And he sees him, and out of everybody that is following him, Jesus locks eyes with him. He focuses on him. When everybody else is following him, they're, they're doing things that are right, you could say. But Zacchaeus, the sinner, Jesus stops everything, the whole procession, the whole uh, entourage that is going on, and makes notice of this man hiding up in a tree just to see him pass. Zacchaeus wasn't holding a sign saying, hey, I'm the richest one here, all this kind of, look at me. Jesus saw past his outward appearance and saw a man who was hurting on the inside. Imagine Zacchaeus. You, you know that nobody likes you. Your friends are only around you because you have money and power. They don't really like who you are as a person. And Jesus saw this man who on the outside looked like he had it all together. Like he had everything right. And Jesus gets to the heart of the issue and sees a man who was hurting. And he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I believe he said it with a smile on his face. That he wasn't mad or angry that he said, Zacchaeus, I see you up there. I, I came this way just so that I can find you. Come down with haste. 
I want to stay at your house today. Now, this is amazing for another reason that Jesus is publicly accepting as Zacchaeus for who he is, not based on what he does or what he does in the community. He's receiving him just the way he is right there, a sinner, a thief, a robber, a liar, all these things. He's accepting him for who he is. Now, this is hard for a lot of Christians. We like to think that we want people to get better before they can come to church. I believe that there's no perfect people allowed. Why? Because nobody is perfect. We all have struggles. We all have pains. We all have mistakes. I talked on Wednesday about how I, my, my, my grandfather would, would catch the fish and, and I would touch it and I would be scared because they were all nasty and slimy and moving around. And then he would take them, wash them off, and then he would gut them and take all the junk out of it. He had to clean and prepare the fish. See, well, I understood that, that when, 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 I became, when I came to Christ, I was dirty, I was messed up, I was broken. The same with you, but someone had to invest time into your life to help you get clean. So don't look at somebody who's a, quote, sinner as someone that needs to get clean before they come to Christ. See, Jesus sees Zacchaeus and he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to spend time with you. Now, we don't understand or know what happens behind closed doors, and I love that we don't get to see, because then it just makes it look like, it just makes us feel like, I don't care what you're going through, I need to love you right through your struggle. I don't need to do A, B, and C just to win Zacchaeus to Christ. I just need to love you for who you are and let my actions be the testimony, let my actions be the message of God's love. And it says this, let's keep going, in verse 8, and Zacchaeus stood and said, look, Lord, I gave half of my goods to the poor. And if I took anything from anybody by false accusations, I restored it fourfold. And then in verse 9, and Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he is a son of God. Now this is bold and strong because Jesus is declaring salvation has come and he's still alive. Salvation had not yet been given, but Jesus is declaring that this man got it. He, he grabbed a hold of it. Well, everybody else is just here for the show of me healing people and doing all that. This person who you thought was a sinner, outcast, unwanted, this person got it. Salvation has come to this house today. I, I want to talk about another encounter we have between Jesus and a, quote, sinner. Turn to John chapter 4. Turn with me to John chapter 4. Hope you guys are getting something out of this. Let me know when you guys get there. Just kidding. I know you can't. I can't hear you. But I hope you guys are having a good time today. John chapter 4. This is a long encounter, so I'm just going to um, kind of read through it a little bit. And, and uh, um, there's not much that I put on there for it. But I kind of want to talk about this woman at the well. Um, this woman at the well, I believe, is a, a beautiful encounter that we have. And um, it says that Jesus was, was traveling, and he was worrying, his, he was tired and, and exhausted, so he stops by a well, which is Jacob's well. And he stops by the well, and he says that there was this woman sitting there. And, and I want to jump over to verse 6, and we'll read into verse 7, then we'll just talk about it. So John chapter 4, verse 6. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary from his journey, sat there by the well. 
And it was about the sixth hour, in verse 7, a woman of Samaria came and drew water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Now, it's important to realize, to, to, to bring out that it says on the sixth hour. That meant it was about noontime, the hottest time of the day. In that time, women would come to the well in the morning, right before the sun even came up. So it was in the cool of the day. It wasn't hot. It wasn't crowded. There wasn't that. It was just easier to get the water. This woman came at the midday, noon. It's hot. The sun's beating down her. Why? Because she was, she was pushed aside. She was chastised. She was looked at less than. There was things in her life that nobody wanted to associate with that nobody wanted to see or nobody wanted to accept for who she was. So Jesus comes at the exact time that he knew that she would. I love how Jesus is so punctual, that, that he knows exactly where you're going to be and how to reach you best. And he'll move through you on how to reach somebody else. Because this is all a message about sharing the love of God. And I love the fact that and we read through, it says that, he sent all of his disciples away. Now, I want you for homework to read the whole chapter, but I'm just going to jump around in it. I, I love the fact that he says he sat down, he sends all of his disciples away to the town to go get food. So he's there alone, and as he's sitting there, this woman comes. So now he's by himself. A Samaritan comes. A Samaritan had no dealings with Jews. They didn't connect. They didn't, they didn't mingle because there was this, this racial divide that was going. I love that, that our God, our Jesus, is not sexist or racist or classist or anything. This woman says this. Let's keep reading. In verse 9. In verse 9, she says, The woman, a Samaritan, said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink of me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus is like, I don't care what you are. I don't care what color you are. You need this. And what I've got, you need it. And we're coming down to this. And Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God, of who was saying to you, give me a drink of water, you would have asked him and he would have given you this living water. In verse 11, the woman says, sir, you have nothing to draw from. And this well is deep. And, and where is this living water? I love that Jesus connects with people before he connects people. He first comes to the woman and asks for something that she understands, a drink of water. She's at the well for one purpose, to get water. So he says, can I have a drink of water? He, he comes humble. He comes in need of something physically and, and, and tangibly. He says, can I have some water? And she says, you've got nothing here to draw with. How can... How did, why did you come here when you have nothing with you? And he says, if you understood who was asking you for a drink of water, you would ask for me. So then he, he reveals the ocean of hope and deliverance on the inside of him. He says, naturally, I have nothing to draw water with. I'm, I'm asking you for a natural drink of water. But I know that you need an ocean of hope, an ocean of deliverance, an, o an ocean of salvation, an ocean of love that you have not had in a while. See, I know what you need, and that's why I've come at this hour. That's our lives. God has made us fishers of men. He's created us to be the bait that somebody needs. But we just need to be open and willing to do what God has asked us to do. Keep going. Jesus reveals to her and says, and she says, okay, then, then give me this water. Then, then, then give me this water that you're talking about. 
And Jesus so respectfully, respectfully, he, he's not uh, someone that's out of line. He says through custom, he would say, go bring your husband so I can deliver this to you because there's customs. So he says, bring me your, your husband and then I will give you this water. And she says, I don't have a husband. And then he hits her. He says, you, you, you told the truth. Yeah, you're right because you've had five husbands and the one you're living with, he ain't even your husband. So first he sets the stage of love, of, of uh, humility, and then he hits her with some truth. See, sometimes we just run right into somebody and we just start talking down to them and start pointing out all their, fault, all their faults, all their flaws, all these things without even connecting with the person first. Understand that people are going to receive what you're telling them based on if they like you. They want to connect with you first before they can connect with your God. See, and, and, and don't think that you have to always have this plastered, I'm good smile on your face. People are done with the fakeness. <laughs> they want something that's raw. They want something that shows some flaws, that shows some brokenness. Why? Because that connects more with them. They can see themselves in that because they understand that they're not perfect. So don't come to them with this, I, I, I've got it all figured out because I know I don't. I constantly tell you this, that I make mistakes. I've made mistakes in the past. I'll make mistakes now, and I know that I'm going to make some in the future. But I serve a God that, that, that surpassed all of that, that looked past all of my faults and still called me into the ministry despite my shortcomings. This woman, she says, then give me this water. Then, then give me this water. And he says, bring your husband. She's like, I don't got a husband. Yes, you got like five, six, you all over the place. You messed up. And then she says to this, she says this. She says, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on the mountain and the Jews, they worship in the place uh, the, uh, uh, different than the, they, they worship in the, in the temple. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither worship in the mountain nor in Jerusalem. You will worship the father. You, uh, you worship what you do not understand. For salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming and now is when the worshipers will worship and seek such who worships him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Now, I want to jump down. The the disciples come and it says this in verse uh, uh, 27. We'll jump in verse 27. Hey. And at this point, his disciples come, and they marvel that he's talking to the woman. Why? Because they're prejudiced, because she's a Samaritan, and they don't want to deal with this woman. So at this point, the disciples come, and they say, they marvel that he's talking to this woman, and no one said anything. What do you seek? And why is he talking to her? Verse 28, the woman left the water pot and went her way to the city and said to the men. Now, this is, this is awesome, because... She walked all this way from town to the, the, the well to get substance. And she leaves the pots there because she's already been filled. She no longer has need of natural substance because the, the hope and the love and the connection has already filled her up on the inside. She leaves the natural and begins to declare the spiritual that has just happened. She leaves her current location and she immediately runs back to the city. Now, this really stuck out to me because I see in Scripture, we have John the Baptist. John the Baptist comes onto the scene and he's declaring the coming of the Lord. 
He's the first evangelist, you could say. He's bringing the good news of Jesus Christ. And then uh, John's time passes. And then we get to this one right here. Verse 20, I'm going to read to you again. And the woman left the water pots, went her way to the city, and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all things that I have done. Could this be the Christ? She left the water pots and became an evangelist. She began to declare the good news of the man that she had just made. She said, Come see a man. Come see a man that looked past my faults, that knew everything that I did wrong, that knew all my faults and all my shortcomings. And still he showed love. Still he reached out with hope. Still he reached out with salvation. Not because uh, he needed something from me, but because I needed something from him. He looked past it all. Come see a man. She's becoming a fisherman without even knowing it. There was a time when I was young, I remember uh, I went on another fishing trip. I went on a fishing trip with my Uncle Gil. I was young. It was a church men's retreat, a kind of camping thing. And I went and I, 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 we walked out to this, like, it was like a bay, like a, a water area and there's rocks and stuff. So we're sitting on these rocks. There's a bunch of men there. And I don't really know what, how to do everything. So they got my, my, uh, my fishing rod all ready. They put bait on it for me. And I casted it out. Five seconds, like five minutes in, boom, I get a fish. So I bring it in, and then my uncle comes over, and he takes the fish off, and they, they put it aside. They load me back up. They throw it out there. Five minutes later, boom, I get another fish. This happened like five to six times, back to back. All the other men that were there, they caught nothing that day. I was a kid at the time. I caught over like six fish just within a, like a short time span. I had no idea what I was doing. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't professional. I had no knowledge of how to fish. But the bait that was on the line was pleasing to the fish. So they grabbed a hold of it. It was pleasing to the fish. So they grabbed a hold. It was nothing. Me, I had nothing to do with it. I was just the fisherman throwing the bait out. And I remember as we were leaving, the fish were, were so heavy, I couldn't carry the bucket that they were in. So my uncle had, and I was carrying my fishing rod. And we're walking back to the cars. And I remember it was a long walk. And while we were walking, the, the fishing line began to get, get tangled around me. And so as I'm walking, I have fishing line all over me. And I'm trying to hold this rod. And the fishing line literally kept falling. And I'm picking it up. You ever, like, pick up a line? It just keeps going because the rod is just, it's, it was a mess. I looked like a mummy, but wrapped in fishing line. And I'm walking. I remember these guys that were passing us. And they saw me walking, and they began to laugh at me because I looked really ridiculous. I was covered and fish like barely able to walk. And one of the men says, well, at least he caught something, indicating that he thought that I didn't catch anything. Why? Because it didn't look like I was capable of catching something. It didn't look like I had the ability to catch a fish. He didn't understand that I had already caught like six fish within a matter of 30 minutes. So he had no understanding. He was judging my outward appearance, not understanding that 30 minutes ago I caught six fish, six fish right off the bat. And I began to think, I, when I began to work on this message, I went back to that story and remembered that this man judged my outward appearance, not understanding that I had caught so many fish. And sometimes we're like that. We think, man, I, I don't have it all together. My, my life is still dirty on the inside. And, and God's saying, no, I've cleansed you. 
You just need to let go of that hurt, let go of those struggles, let go of that sin consciousness that you have and understand that it's me. You just throw the bait out. I'll, put, I'll, do, I'll bring the fish. I'll bring them to you. You just throw the bait. Just throw the bait. Just be the fisherman that I've called you to be. This woman, she leaves the water pot, heads back to the town. Jump over with me, if you will, to verse 39. John chapter 4, verse 39 says this. And many of the Samaritans that, of that city believed in him because of the word the, uh, because of the word of the woman who testified. It wasn't because there was this grand miracle and this huge uh, evangelist push. There wasn't a huge convention. This woman left where she was, radically changed, uh, a real encounter with love and, and, and hope and mercy and grace. She leaves where she is and begins to declare, come see a man. Come see a man who looked past my hurts, who, who looked past my sins and, and, and looked past all this stuff. And understand that at this time she was still, quote unquote, a sinner living with a man who wasn't her husband. Jesus didn't even say, no, now, now uh, get on the ground and, and, and repent and do all this stuff and, and do all these things to try to get holy again. He literally just expressed the love of God. She leaves with a very minimal understanding of who Jesus was. She had just met Jesus. She doesn't have all revelation and understanding. She doesn't know Genesis to Revelation. She doesn't, she's never been to Bible school. She hasn't been in church her whole life. She doesn't have all these things that you would think you would need to share the gospel. All she had was an encounter. All she had was an encounter with the real God who loved her. She says, come see a man. Our cry today should be, come see a God who looked past my faults. Come see a God who looked past my hurts and, and my struggles and my downfalls. Come see a God who, who loves me unconditionally no matter where I'm at in life or what I'm going through. Come see a God. God has called each and every one of us to be fishers of men, not because we're qualified, but because he's qualified. Not because we have it all together, but because he is altogether holy and good. See, God's not looking for the perfect person. He's looking for the person who's willing and able. Say, God, use me today. Allow me to be the fisherman. Allow me to use my, the bait that you've given me. My bait doesn't look like someone else's bait. My bait doesn't look like this person's bait. My bait is different. And God, use it for your kingdom. Help me to help Help me be better at where I'm at. Help me to understand that you, you've placed seeds of greatness on the inside of me. Allow me to see God the way that you see. Allow me to see others the way that you see me, which is through hope and, and, and faith and love and grace. I, I thank you that you guys have been here today. I hope you guys got something out of this, understanding that God, like I said before, God did not save us to take us. God saved us to send us. Let's be our cry this, this season of life, this year, going forward to come see a man. Don't see me. I'm not, I'm not trying to bring people to me. I'm trying to bring people to see who God is. I love the, the part of the, the verse. Let me just read one more, one more thing to you guys in and, and the uh, book of Luke. I'm going to just read this last little bit to you guys. Uh, sorry, John. John chapter 4. I want to end with this. 
says this. In verse, uh, whew, it's hot. Uh, in verse uh, four, uh, 42 says this. And they said to the woman, Now we believe not because of what you have said, for we ourselves have, have heard him, and we know that this indeed is Christ, the Savior of the world. See, people will be introduced by who you are and, and, and if they like you and, and they like what you're presenting. But that's not how far, that's, God wants to go further than that. They'll be introduced by who you are, but they'll follow him because of who he is. But you have to first get them to him. And like I said, it's going to look different for everybody, but have it be in love and in hope and in grace, accepting them for who they are. And God loves them for who they are and where they are right there. But understand that God loves them so much not to leave them the way that they are. I hope you guys got something out of this today. Thank you for coming out and spending your time with us. Once again, um, follow us on Instagram and on Facebook for all the information that you would need. And for further information, you can head over to our website, which is heritageff.org. At this time, I'm going to encourage you to part, uh, be a part of a, our, our ministry, and you can do that through a time of generosity. You can, at this time, continue your honor and, and worship towards God through your giving, your tithes and your offering. If you're uh, watching us from another church, you, you uh, are attending another church, and you're just watching our service, thank you. Uh, we uh, want you to tie to your church. If you want to sow here, you can. It's awesome. Thank you so much. You can go to the website. You can do text to give. You can... Uh, Call it in. You can um, do it online. All that good stuff. Head to the website and get all the information. Also, I want to let you know that the Kids Town, we have a, an amazing catalog of videos on our website for just for the kids. There's uh, teachings. There's games. There's crafts. There's also um, uh, Zoom meetings that we have, and all the information is on the website, heritageff.org. There's also youth gatherings, uh, which is Sunday nights at 6. So we want our youth to be a, a part of it. So parents, help them get all that information for it. Well, I love you guys, and we will see you on Wednesday. And also, Mother's Day is coming up, so make sure you're a part of that. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Pastor Joanne is going to be teaching next Sunday, so uh, make sure you tune in for that as well. Love you guys. Bye. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.